0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 557 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, just a short time ago here... Posting a 4-3 home victory over the visiting Anaheim Ducks. The Rangers win it in overtime. Artemi Panarin feeding the puck to Adam Fox. Fox scores a game winner from the slot. Uh, Solid win for the Rangers and sticking to the formula of being at their best in the third period. Now, of course, uh, the Anaheim Ducks took a 3-2 lead in the third period. That was the result of a turnover. Rangers were behind. They tied the game at 3-3 on a power play goal by Chris Kreider. That set set the stage, excuse me for the overtime heroics. And Adam Fox, Artemi Panarin, the stars were really out tonight for the Rangers. They both had three points. Artemi Panarin had three assists, so he's got eight points in his last two games combined, which is just insane. And then Adam Fox, you know, a goal, uh, the overtime winner, and the two assists as well. And I swear, I had this thought while this game was happening. Adam Fox and Artemi Panarin, they tend to be pretty much in lockstep every single game. But man, these two were on a whole different level. Anytime they shared the ice tonight, uh, the creativity with the puck, uh, just some passes that were right on the money. These guys look so dangerous together. And uh, that chemistry was obviously very, very apparent in this game. And then, of course, in overtime, uh, the Rangers get a two-on-one. And you like your chances. A two-on-one with Artemi Panarin and Adam Fox. There was a situation where the Ducks shot wide. I believe it was Troy Terry. It's very, very easy You know, if you miss your scoring opportunity, you shoot the puck wide, the puck can bounce off the boards. The three-on-three overtime, it's very easy for an odd man rush to develop pretty much out of nowhere, and that's what happened here. Artemi Panarin collected the puck in his own zone, basically sprinted up the ice, and, uh, you know, there was a guy chasing him, but you're not going to catch Artemi Panarin. I mean, good luck with that. Two-on-one, Artemi Panarin up the right side, once again, passes to his left to Adam Fox. Fox you know, receives the pass while moving to his right and uh, just flicks a wrist shot into the twine. And once again, less than a minute into the overtime period, the Rangers come away with a 4-3 win against the Anaheim Ducks. So, uh, strong night. And I don't really want to go another second further on here without talking at least a little bit about Alex Georgiev. Now, this was not like a Hall of Fame-worthy performance tonight, but he stopped 20 of 23 shots, made some tough saves. There was a save in the first period where it looked like this was a goal, one of those goals that you can see coming from a mile away. Uh, there was a pass from along the boards by the Ducks to the left, and there was an easy tipping goal, or what looked like it was going to be an easy tipping goal, and Georgiev made a fantastic save on that, sliding to his right to keep the puck out. He made some strong saves in this game. It was quality over quantity, and obviously Alex... Georgiev has certainly struggled recently. Uh, Basically, every single time he's been on the ice, it's been a disaster recently. I mean, I'm not trying to be mean, but facts are facts. That's just how it's been recently. But Georgiev now gets his first win since the beginning of January. I, I think they said January 8th. I'll look that up and find out for sure. But bottom line, he gets the win here after being something of a surprise starter in this game. And the reason, actually, there's a couple reasons, but. Yeah, the reasons why I didn't really have too much of an issue with Georgiev starting this game, for starters, he might very well end up being traded before this deadline on Monday. That could definitely go either way. But the way Georgiev has played recently, I'm not so sure that he could have possibly hurt his trade stock by playing in this game because he's had so many uh, just subpar performances in a row that pretty much anything he did tonight, any kind of like semi-decent performance, I think overall Georgiev played pretty well in this one, was going to boost his trade stock. Now, what is his trade stock right now? What could the Rangers hope to get back for Alex Georgiev? That's up for debate and that's something that we'll talk about maybe even in tomorrow's episode. Tomorrow's episode is definitely going to be pretty heavy on trade talk. But that's one of the reasons why I think they want Georgiev out there. On top of that, and this is something that I've talked about in the past, once again, the Rangers, their playoff spot seems pretty secure. When you look at where they are and where the first team out of the playoffs is in the standings, there's a pretty huge divide there. Now, of course, that might also mean that, you know, depending on how you look at this, you, you might prefer if the Rangers, you know, really put the foot on the gas and did everything they could to at least come in second place in their division, maybe even challenge the Canes for the division title. And in so doing, you know, if you come in first or second place in the division, then you have home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs. It's important to have home ice in the first round, but I don't think it's more important than making sure that your franchise goalie the likely Vesna winner, and the Hart Trophy candidate, Igor Shisterkin, uh is rested going into the playoffs. As we've talked about, he has had some injury issues since coming into the league. I don't want to baby him or anything like that, but the bottom line is the Rangers are very comfortably in a playoff spot right now. And if Gallant and the rest of the coaching staff determine that the best thing for Igor Shosturkin and the best way that they can help him be successful in the playoffs is to give him a couple of, you know, days off down the stretch here, then so be it. I'm okay with that. And like I said, I think that is slightly more important than getting home ice advantage in the first round. Home ice is nice, but having your franchise goalie at the top of his game is more important. And obviously with Igor Shesterkin, you know, having him ready to go for a playoff series is, is, I just think, more important than having home ice in four games instead of three. And one other reason why I think it's probably a good idea for Alex Jorgen to get this game here is, you got to get this guy right because if the trade deadline comes and goes and Alex Georgiev is still on the Rangers and he is still the backup for the rest of the season, you got to get this guy right because, like we've said, you know, Igor has had some injury issues. And Alex Georgiev does tend to play his best when he has, uh, you know, some decent playing time. And so if anything were to happen to Igor Shosturkin, knock on wood, uh, we want to make sure Alex Georgiev is, is ready to go himself and, you know, could step into a playoff series and at least give the Rangers a chance. There's no substitute for Igor Shesterkin right now, uh, whether it's, you know, Alex Georgiev, Keith Kincaid, any other Ranger, or excuse me, any other goalie in the Rangers system, or any other goalie around the league. I don't think there's any substitute for Igor Shesterkin right now, but uh, you have to do your best to set up Igor uh, for playoff success, and if Georgiou is going to be here, you got to do your best to try to get him right before the playoffs roll around as well. Uh, but, yeah, we're just scratching the surface here. There's a ton to talk about from this game. Very much looking forward to, you know, going through all the highlights and lowlights with you guys like we always do, and we will get to that in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Lockdown New York Rangers is brought to you by Bill Bar. I am sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, yes puffs included, 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these, they are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every time. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKS15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bill.com. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. On Monday, March 21st at 3.30 Eastern Time, tune in to Locked On Fantasy Hockey's live deadline reaction show to get all the on-ice fantasy and betting analysis you need from hosts Steele Rodine and Flip Livingston with appearances from our roster of local team experts. And just one other thing I want to mention real quick here before we keep talking about this game here, obviously, is uh, the audio in the most recent episode, we did a uh, crossover episode with J.D. Hernandez, and uh, the audio wasn't the best, so I do apologize for that. That's totally on me. Basically, what happened, to make a long story short, uh, you have to choose the input when you're recording on your computer. I thought I had uh, the audio input being my microphone that I used, but instead it looked like it was the input for uh, the laptop's microphone, and laptop built-in microphones tend not to be good, and that was the reason for the, uh, you know... Shortage in quality, there shall we say. So, just want to let everybody know about that. And again, I I do apologize for that, um, but we will definitely clean that up going forward. And one other thing, I just want to mention about Georgiev really quickly here is that uh, his last win was against this very same. Uh, Ducks team, and he is now 4-0 in his career against the Ducks, so uh, that might have played a bit of a role in Galant's decision to roll with Georgiev in this game as well, in addition to all the other reasons I just mentioned a second ago. But as for the Ranger lineup, uh, top six remains unchanged. It's been very similar for quite some time, and in fact uh, basically untouched uh, for quite some time. But the third line, I thought these guys really had a nice night. You had Philip Hedl centering Barclay Goodrow on his left wing, Johnny Brodzinski on his right wing. And this is the second straight game that this has been together. It's at least two in a row. I'd have to go back and uh, look at the other box scores to know for sure uh, how long it's been exactly, but uh, these guys look good. They seem to complement each other pretty well. Hedl, obviously a speedster. Johnny Brodzinski, I-, I think he's got better speed than people might realize as well, and you got Goodrow uh, doing all the dirty work, you know, along the boards and the dirty parts of the rink and all that good stuff, so uh, they had a nice night. I-, I thought, especially in the first half of the game, this was probably the Rangers' best line, and obviously, you know, Panarin and, uh, well, I mean, it was really just Panarin for, for the second line there. But uh, Panarin basically carried the second line to a strong night, especially if you're just going by points. But yeah, this third line of Goudreau, Hedel and Brodzinski, so far so good for these guys. Uh, the third line for the Rangers is obviously... Come under fire at times, and there's been talk of, you know, maybe just reworking the entire thing, uh, you know, before the trade deadline, and that may still very well happen. I mean, with Goodrow, you could put him on any line, and in any position as well. It really doesn't matter. Uh, Philip Heedle and Julian Gautier were mostly playing on the third line. Gautier moved down to the fourth line in this game alongside McKeg and Reeves. But uh, yeah, Brudzinski, props to him as well, because this is somebody that. Um, You know, obviously, mostly a career minor leaguer, somebody that's very easy to root for, but he made a really nice play early in this game. This is before he even scored the goal. Uh, Basically, he just stole the puck in the neutral zone, gained the blue line, snapped off a quick shot. Brodzinski, I've noticed over the last couple of games, has something of a deceptive shot. It, It seems to come out of nowhere, and he seems to have a really quick release, the kind of release that I think can occasionally catch the goalie off guard, and I think that's somewhat what happened uh, just a couple of minutes later when he scored a goal here. Uh, Brodzinski, he didn't have the puck, but he was moving in up the right side with a lot of speed. Philip Heedle had the puck kind of in the center of the ice, right around the red line in the neutral zone. He saw Brodzinski, you know, gaining speed up the right side and made a perfect pass to his right, leads Brodzinski into the attacking zone, and then Brodzinski, you know, there's a defender closing pretty quickly, and Brodzinski, once again, just unleashes a really quick shot from kind of the top of the right circle, and he scores, and I get the feeling that this is one that John Gibson might want back, but like I said, I I think Brodzinski has kind of a sneaky quick shot, and again, that was on display here, and it might be the reason why he was able to score on this, because it didn't look like a a great scoring chance. I mean, I guess you could call it maybe medium danger if you're into those charts that say, you know, high danger, medium danger, low danger. But, yeah, he beat Gibson clean here and uh, scored the goal, his first uh, of the season for the New York Rangers. Rangers up 1-0 in the early goings. And uh, Braden Schneider with a secondary assist on this play. And, you know, he continues to pick up some points here and there. That was, uh, for Braden Schneider, his fifth assist of the season. And, of course, uh, he didn't make his debut until, you know, somewhat recently. He's probably played about 20 or so games with the Rangers at this point. There was another play in the first period that I definitely want to call some attention to as well. Our uh, Temmy Panarin was up the left side, passed to his right to Dryden Hunt, and Dryden Hunt was, you know, toward the inside of the right face-off circle and basically just shanked his shot. And this is, goes back to something that we've been talking about on here, but I think. Uh, Sooner or later, you know, the Rangers are going to need an upgrade at that second-line right-wing spot. And the purpose of this is not to pile on Dryden Hunt or, you know, talk bad about him. I have said repeatedly on here, I like Dryden Hunt. It was a very under-the-radar signing by the New York Rangers this offseason, but he's clearly carved out a role for himself, and I think... You know, even after the Rangers are done wheeling and dealing at the trade deadline, whatever they might do, I think Dryan Hunt has still earned his place in this this lineup and deserves to, at the very least, be a member of the bottom six. I would think probably fourth line, but bottom six in general. But I just don't see how you can roll into the playoffs with Dryan Hunt as your second-line right winger. And I understand he had three assists the other night, and that was awesome. I was very, very happy for him. But again, this does seem to happen a decent amount where... You know, Strom or, or Panarin or maybe even Fox will make a really nice pass to and Hunt. He's just not an offensively skilled enough player to take advantage of it more often than not. And again, the dude works his tail off Love that he's here on the Rangers, and again, a very under-the-radar signing in the offseason. I think a lot of us had probably barely even heard of Dryden Hunt, and he's worked out pretty nice for this team, but I just think, you know, going into the playoffs, maybe Capo Caco's back, and he's in that spot, uh, you know, going into the postseason, but you just need a little bit of an upgrade there. I, I don't think there's really any other way to say it, um, so we'll see what ends up happening there. Uh, I did want to also talk about the Ducks' first goal of this game, because... Uh, you know, Keandre Miller, he continues his stellar play. He made a really nice play here because, uh, Henrique went in, he gained the blue line. He was somewhat behind the defense, but not a clean breakaway either. And, uh, Keandre Miller closed on him really fast and basically just checked him down to the ice. Unfortunately, uh, the Ducks never lost possession here. Uh, you had Terry picking up the puck basically in stride. He circles behind the the net, comes out in front. Takes a shot, kind of a plinko goal here, you know, is bouncing off of everybody and everything and ends up in the back of the net. I believe Comtois ended up getting credited for this. Uh, but just like that, the game is tied at one-to-one. And uh speaking of Comtois, there was an incident later where uh, him and Reeves basically their skates clipped each other. You know, Reeves was trying to change direction and his left skate made contact with Comtois' right skate, and, you know, I I really don't think he did this on purpose. I mean, he wasn't even looking in the direction of the skates. He was turning to his right and, uh, you know, trying to circle back and get his momentum going in the opposite direction. So just an unfortunate thing that happened. Uh, Comtois was, you know, limping and couldn't put weight on it, but then he was back out there for the start of the second period. So uh, you know how it is with hockey players. They're a different breed, but certainly I don't think there was any ill will uh, by Ryan Reeves there either. But we will continue breaking this one down in just a second. All right, just want to thank you guys once again for making Locked New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're going to talk about this second goal that the Rangers scored as well because this is just a thing of beauty. Basically, you've got a situation where the Ducks take a penalty, and so there's a very long delayed penalty on the Ducks, and the Rangers are skating six on five because they've pulled Georgiev. They're moving the puck around very effectively, staying patient, you know, not forcing anything that isn't there. By the way, Dryden Hunt drew the penalty, and I just wanted to mention that because, you know, I also talked about how I think, you know, eventually they should move him off of the second line. Uh, I still stand by that, but he did a nice job here drawing the penalty. He is a good player for this New York Ranger team. I still value what he brings to the table. I just don't think he's, you know, a a true second liner. But you've got Mika our Artemi Panarin, and Adam Fox. They're all basically playing pitch and catch with each other. Fox passes in deep for Mika, and Mika just Blister's a one-timer for the goal. I mean, he is just so lethal with these one-timers. Really tough angle here, too. A really sharp angle, and, uh, you know, it wasn't any slam dunk that this was going to go in, but there is nobody I'd rather have taking a one-timer right now than Mika Zibanejad, and he converts here. It's 2-1 to Rangers, and then the Ducks get a power play, and they convert just 12 seconds in. Fowler took a shot from the blue line, and Georgiev was seemingly screened by Comtois, who was in front of the net there. 2-2. to And, uh, you know, I will say, though, Georgiev made a really nice save a little bit later in this period against Fowler. Fowler basically just exploded up the center of the ice, and Georgiev came away with a really good glove save, uh, kept the game tied at 2 And that was, of course, the score when the third period started. And we know how good the Rangers have been uh, throughout the third period this season, and that's obviously a good sign going forward, a very encouraging sign. We've talked about this quite a bit. Uh, But, you know, you're going into the third period, tied 2-2. You're at home. You're playing a team in the Anaheim Ducks that has really stumbled recently. Uh, They're only four points out of the playoffs coming into tonight, but uh, they made that Manson trade, and it certainly looks like they're going to be sellers But be that as it may, tied at two going into the third period, and as a Ranger fan, I don't know about you guys, but I'm very, very confident in this team in these situations, and it kind of just feels like, you know what, we've got them right where we want them. Uh, The Rangers are a plus 28 in goal differential in the third period this season that is second in the NHL, only to the Carolina Hurricanes. What's even more impressive, though, is that the Rangers, when they're tied going into the third period, I want you to take a guess. Go ahead and take a guess what you think the Rangers' record is when tied going into the third period this season. They are 12-2-1. That is absolutely fantastic. And after winning this game here tonight, they are now 13-2-1. So winning more than 75% of games where you're tied going into the third, that's a big-time hockey team. And that's certainly encouraging and uh, something that hopefully will bode well for this team during the postseason, assuming that, you know, again, they get there. But uh, it wasn't easy, that's for sure. I mean, the Ducks took a lead Basically, you know, the Rangers, I thought they had the better of play for most of the third period, but the Rangers got a little bit of a bad break here. You know, Patrick Nemeth took a shot from the blue line. His shot was blocked and uh, basically blocked into the neutral zone. And so uh, Grant sprung on a breakaway. Uh, Nemeth couldn't get back. Braden Schneider was chasing him as well. But Grant makes a couple of moves, and he scores, and it's 3-2 Anaheim, which is 925 left in the game. And then that's when uh, this Ranger power play— Came up clutch for this team. You had Adam Fox. He was tripped while driving hard to the net. Uh, There was a delayed penalty here, and Fox actually got another shot from in pretty deep. Uh, But the Ducks eventually touch up on this one, and the Rangers go to the power play. Really good puck movement, and I got to give major props, major credit to Gerard Gallant for the way that he used his timeout here. Because this power play, you know, the Rangers look good. They've obviously got their top power play unit out there. But there's a play stoppage with 50 seconds remaining in the man advantage. And there's only, you know, six minutes and change left in the game at this point. And that's when Gallant called his timeout. And again, excellent use of a timeout, mainly because... This obviously gives the top power play unit a chance to catch their breath, and they can stay out there on the ice and uh, conclude the man advantage. I mean, nothing against the Rangers' second power play unit, but you like your chances better. You know, with Panarin and Fox and and Mika and Kreider and Strom, you like your chances of them scoring better than the second power play unit. You get Mika passing to Panarin, Panarin back to Fox. Uh, Fox' shot goes wide, but it bounces off the boards behind the net and goes right back to Chris Kreider. And you guys know how it goes when Chris Kreider gets a chance from in deep, especially on the power play. And he backhands at home. Great job by Chris Kreider on this play, tracking the puck, anticipating the big bounce off the boards, and once again stuffing at home tying the score at 3-3 with 6.20 left in the game. And the Rangers were basically on fire for the rest of regulation. It really felt like they were going to score uh, you know, the go-ahead goal and ultimately the game-winning goal. They had some chances, uh, just could not quite convert. There was an instance just two minutes after they tied the game here, Jacob Truba from the blue line passes in deep to Ryan Strom. Strom uh, received the pass while moving to his right and basically directly across uh, the slot area there and he let it fly. This looked like a goal, but a really nice save by John Gibson on this play. I don't think, you know, looking at the replay, I don't think Strom elevated the puck uh, nearly as much as he would have liked to, and uh, as a result of that, Gibson able to get his pad on the puck and keep it from going in, but like I said, this rink was absolutely tilted in the Rangers' favor for basically the last six minutes and change of regulation here, and then of course, you know it goes into overtime, and the Rangers take care of business. We already kind of broke that one down, but once again, Panarin up the right side, centers to Fox. Fox moves to his right, lets the puck fly from kind of the high slot area, beats Gibson, and we all go home happy. And the Rangers uh, get a hard-earned victory here today. was not easy, but uh, again, this team putting its best foot forward in the third period and basically just coming up clutch as they have all season. I will say this. We all collectively, as Ranger fans, Need a win where the Rangers just kind of roll. I mean, we sort of got that against the Winnipeg Jets. That was the uh, first game of the four-game road trip. But I don't know. It feels like it's been a while since the Rangers really dominated where, you know, there's one of those games where it feels like they're in total control right from the opening faceoff until the game ends. And we've obviously had a few of those this season. There have been games that definitely fit that description where it feels like the Rangers are just in complete control from start to finish. Hasn't really happened all that much recently, Maybe that's a good thing, a blessing in disguise, because uh, it's kind of just making them more battle-tested as they gear up uh, for, you know, once again, hopefully a foray into the Stanley Cup playoffs here. But yeah, I don't think too many of us would mind if the Rangers, you know, in in their next game just cruise to a 5-1 win and basically never even break a sweat, and us by proxy never breaking a sweat either. Uh, One other thing I want to mention is that it was Women's Empowerment Night at Madison Square Garden, so that was obviously really cool. And in fact, I'm just going to relay the information that was given to us during the TV broadcast. You can actually bid on limited edition women's empowerment jerseys at NHL.com slash New York Rangers, net proceeds, Benefit Girls Inc., as well as the Garden of Dreams Foundation. So that's really cool. And obviously, you know, to me, this is something that's kind of common sense, but it just goes back to that thing that we always talk about, that hockey is for everyone. And again, I think that's something that should probably go without saying, but it's nice to be, to see it being put into practice. Uh, you had Amanda Kessel from the U.S. Olympic team. She was there. She got a uh, warm welcome from the Madison Square Garden faithful. And I'm not sure when this happened, but there was an instance where, you know, there were a lot of young girls out there playing hockey on the Madison Square Garden ice. They showed a couple clips of it. I don't know if this happened before the game or if it was between periods or whatever it might have been, but whatever it was, it was obviously very cool. And once again, just goes back to, uh, you know, the NHL's slogan of hockey is for everyone. It's nice to see that the league is uh, putting that into practice rather than just, you know, saying it and not having really any action behind it. Um, I think we could pretty much wrap up there. Definitely looking forward to our next episode, though. The next episode is going to be part two of a two-parter. And basically what we're going to do, it's going to be the same thing that we did last week. Last week, we took a look at the eight non-playoff teams in the Eastern Conference, and I basically just identified what I thought was the prime trade target for the Rangers to look for in any possible deal with any of the eight non-playoff Eastern Conference teams. And we're going to do the exact same thing. It's just going to be the eight Western Conference non-playoff teams, or at least the eight teams that are currently not in playoff standing. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Definitely join us for that as well. That will pretty much do it for tonight, though, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.